OTB Sports Rugby. Don't just take it easy, keep the emotion in check. That's not, not what sport is about. It's about emotion. It's about singing your national anthem with pride. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Some of these critics, these pundits. I absolutely adore them, lads. I have unbelievable time from, but they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable. I'd like to play the hard man when, when they're on it. It's not very pleasant when you're trying to manage a team. All you're looking for is a bit of civility and a bit of decency, but they just dismiss you like, like you, you know, you have nothing to do with the bloody occasion. Will O'Callaghan. Will, 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 Will. Good morning to <laughs> so, you, Will. Uh, an ominous introduction, Jar. I would have went with good morning, Will. That was but, insidious. You know, good morning, yeah. Shane and Jar. How are you getting on, lads? Did you and your your colleagues slash teammates, did you start a beef with the football pod overnight? With um, the hurling pod, claiming that hurling is the one true sport, the only pure manifestation of the gale, and football is like basically shit. Uh, only James Gell could have started such an argument overnight because, let's be fair, Paul Murphy is a dual All-Ireland winner and he's got plenty of respect for Gaelic football. For me, he is Kilkenny's Gaelic football man. Uh, so we distanced ourselves very much from Scahill's comments last night, but he trotted out the old line that it's easier to promote Gaelic football because there are fewer skills in Gaelic football than hurling, so you can take it up and just be an athlete who's got a few skills and you can play Gaelic football to a decent standard. While in hurling, there are too many skills that have to be learned from a young age uh, for it to be promoted easily. And then, of course, that turned into Paul Murphy telling a story from when he was having a drink in Tipperary recently and a man came up to him and said, there are four basic skills in Gaelic football, there are thousands in hurling. And Paul said, I'm just using this to illustrate a point, uh, but Scale has opened a war definitely with the football pod and the football community around the country. And we know what people are like. I just heard Tommy Rooney a moment ago say that he got a tweet from someone without any sense of irony whatsoever. Where are your power rankings now? Which really made me giggle this morning with the morning coffee so uh, that someone would actually take the time to send a power ranking tweet but well, that just goes to show how seriously people take it it's coming your way Will is that your it official is. statement Will uh, Hurling Pod host O'Callaghan distances himself from scathing Scale no you gotta, you gotta ride with the one you gotta, come on it's your horse ride it <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Scale needs me to defend him I think he can take on the waves of people that are going to come from uh, to an extent I can actually see the point that he was making oh, albeit he made it far too strongly and therefore we no, were he was right he was right come Where on you going, Scale? We, we all know he was right what there's only five skills in, in Gaelic football is that it Scale is like Cúhullan with his sabre fighting the sea I think the four skills method was made by the drinking partner of Paul Murphy to give Scale a little bit of credit here but to an extent I can see where he's coming from in that more coaching and definitely funding towards coaching is required in counties outside of the traditional hurling counties and that was the wider debate that we were having was trying to close the gap and that's even going to come up when we talk about the power rankings in a few minutes time that there is actually a substantial gap between say the top nine counties in the country and the chasing pack. Tommy, I, I, I welcome you back to the show uh, in anticipation of the Royal Rumble that's coming our way. Hurling pod versus football pod. A venue, a suitable venue that is both a hurling and a football field. I don't know if one exists in the country. White collar. Yeah. Hey, Will, you're a coward. You could have done that when I was on air. I had to go off and leave my pancakes on the pan. This is awkward. What are you doing? Hold on, how, how exactly am I a coward here when I've just explained what Scale said last night and the fact that I think towards the end of the conversation he went, mm, Paddy Andrews and the boys probably aren't going to be happy about this. So go on, Tommy. Yeah. What's your reaction? I'm just, very, I'm just very surprised you'd say that. Like, I, I'm a football man at heart. Um, I can appreciate hurling from afar. But 
saying that there's only four skills in Gaelic football. What planet? Kicking, fisting, fighting, and no, I think I think long and kicking, what, what, dragging, hand pass were three of the four anyway. And what is there in hurling? You get it, you puck it, you fight for it. That's it. Oh, <laughs> the roll lift, the jab lift. I, I, yeah, I shouldn't have come back on that. I'll leave you that. Something started here. Tommy, enjoy your pancakes. Yeah. Thanks very much. See you, lad. Bye-bye. Nice for Tommy. At least Will had the, had the, um, the ability and the, the desire this morning to do, the, to do the power rankings. Do you know, he's not cowering away from it. I'll give you credit well, like, there, Will. Oh, yeah, after Tommy's gone. Well, <laughs> bring him back. Come on, come on back, Tommy. Check the Zoom link again. Right. No, it's, it's surely it's a cop-out that there wasn't a football power rankings. I, I sat through the whole conversation with Tommy and I was expecting the power rankings were going to kick in at some point because we're now doing our hurling power rankings after two rounds where the vast majority of teams who are inside the top six have hurled nowhere near their first teams. Well, and Tommy's got more of a supply of games to actually update his power rankings on. I didn't intend for this to turn out into a shade against your colleague but sure look uh, we are where we are Uh, Bruno Brain on I missed this one earlier and I meant to get to it I'm sorry how are we not getting the power ranking it's the best part of the GEA show and I'm a hurling man first and foremost hashtag disgrace well you should be doubly happy now Mm. yeah Yeah, because there's been shade thrown on on the general sport of football as well and I think it's kind of fairly emblematic of who we are as a people that we can't all be friends we should just well hurling the football people we should just stop pretending that we can all be anybody why can't we be friends well because it's it's in our DNA, right? Uh, we've we've made the same. Hurling only exists in eighteen counties, right? That's why we've decided. Well, yeah. By all means, if you want to send off in the live chat at the moment or the comments after this section, and you want to say that we should be expanding this out further and looking at Division Three down, by all means do. But what I've done is I've broken this down from Division Two A up to the top of Division One. And yeah, if you want to see the other counties, by all means, did we had this argument last year and you were complaining, oh, you're forgetting about a whole lot of counties. And the truth was, we would then throw up one single graphic where I would say, right, here's where we are from, I think it was 26 we went to last year, 26 to 18, we wouldn't discuss them whatsoever. And you'd want to get to number five and four and argue, hey, why are Cork ahead of Clare? Why are Clare not ahead of Cork? So if people wanted to expand out, by all means, we'll do another graphic. But I thought it made sense to cut a line at the end of Division 2A for the first power rankings this year. A bit partitionist in your logic, I would have to say. But anyway, let's move on. There, there are counties here from all four provinces. So yeah, but it's the, it's the hurling people not looking down on... I'd say if you live in the small pockets, the, the two senior hurling clubs in one of the counties who don't exist in our, in our 25 county or 24, 18 county uh, list here, then you're feeling like of all of the people who betrayed me, it's the hurling folk. Are you saying send, send me a tweet that says where are your power rankings now or where is my county on the power rankings now and we'll reconsider for two weeks. Time. Will is the oppressive colonial overarching enemy. Is that what you're saying? Of, yeah. of hurling? Yeah. Uh, you know that... that um, the, one, the one who actually pretends to be, uh, you know... Um, what, what, there's a line in, in Severance which is like um, you... Uh, give people the illusion of freedom and they never realize they're prisoners. That's what we're doing here with the, these well, people. Awfully King, Kings County, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. 18 no, is Derry. Highbrow philosophy early in the morning, but go on. 18 is Derry, 17 is Carlos, 16 is Down, 15 is Kildare, 14 is Kerry, and 13 is Offaly. I think we're coming for you. I think Herdy's doing a great job and we'll see. 
as the season goes yeah. on. This is an important weekend for Kildare, They go away to Derry. Kildare have won their first two games. And if they were to win that, someone is dropping points, if not both teams, in Offaly against Kerry at Fitzgerald Stadium on Saturday afternoon. So Kildare have got a chance to steal a march on those two teams. I think it's going to be two of those three that get to the final in Division 2A this year, Offaly, Kerry or Kildare. But it's a big weekend for Kildare after getting a great result against Down last time out. Down are up against it a little bit after losing two games against promotion contenders so far this year. And I don't know. I think we'll be probably flipping 14 and 13 if Kerry can get a result at the weekend. Just very unusual to see Kerry uh, playing a hurling game in Killarney as opposed to Tralee this weekend. Uh, Down, obviously, up against it as well, given that they come from that kit, Ballycran, which we now all have apparently. That's how we're supposed to refer to it. Ah, so um, Jerry was the Meath Piero then. I that? think uh, that poor, whoever it was, is probably just telling their truth and they're no longer part of the. Uh, that. I thought that was a bit, bit harsh. Everybody's entitled to make their mistake. It was um, a reminder never to be logged into the wrong account when you decide to go wild with your comments on the Sunday mm. afternoon. And is Ballycran? I've never been. I, maybe we should all go up and investigate for ourselves. Do a roadshow up there, maybe. I, I, to be honest, I didn't think, uh, I saw the highlights in that game, I didn't think the surface looked that bad that day. It actually was one of those days where if you're going to have a pop at a pitch, it probably wasn't the right day to do so, but anyway. 12 is Leash, 11 is Westmeath, 10 is Antrim, 9 is Dublin, 8 is Wexford, 7 is Tip. Is this the lowest yeah. Tipperary I've ever been in anybody's power rankings ever, I wonder? Um, well, obviously, look, it's somewhat reflective of where we're coming from where Tipperary were last year, because otherwise we wouldn't be doing the power rankings. We'd just say, look, here's the Division 1B and 1A tables and let's set the teams up that way. But Tipperary have shown some very impressive traits so far in the way that they've hurled. Now, they've been very unlucky, obviously, with the three injuries that they picked up last week. I'm sure they would have been hopeful that Bubbles Odewire could play some part this year. He's now retired. Uh, what a remarkable player he was in 2016 and 2019, particularly. Uh, but Tipperary will have O'Mara this year not travelling. They're finding a few players into different positions like Bonamara at 14 is very interesting uh, to put a workhorse in there as opposed to putting Callanan or Ford uh, closer to goal this season Breen at fullback is a bit of a new idea as well and Ronamara at number 6 so clearly Liam Cal has come in with ideas with guys that he's worked with before and there was a savage intensity to the way the Tipperary hurled in Nolan Park they got a first win there in the league since 2008 just before the break and um, I got sent a graphic from uh, GA analysis uh, during the week, which is GA Insights, and he read a very fair point, which is that Tipperary hurled quite differently under Liam Cowell compared to the last two years. And the graphic he sent me showed the amount of turnovers they got to score from the opposition puck out against Kilkenny, which was one goal and six points the last day at Nolan Park. Uh, that compares to 1-8 in the entire championship season of 2022. So four games. Jeez. Or 1-4 in the three championship games in 2021. Okay. Okay. So clearly Tipperary in the last regime were not doing enough turnover on the opposition puck out and they were manically going after it in the Kilkenny games. So that's a, that's a remarkable change in the way they've been playing. Okay, and that doesn't merit a place in the top six for you? Uh, not quite yet, because I don't think anyone in the top six has done a huge amount wrong and they come in with a certain amount of credit from last year. But Tipperary definitely look upwardly mobile. And then there's always that question, lads, about Liam Cal, where people have been going, hey, maybe this is a bit like Waterford last year. Maybe Tipperary have put in a really intense pre-season and maybe they're going at the league. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's actually the case. I think that Liam Cal is a manager who can come in and have a direct impact on a team. We saw that Waterford, who were at a reasonably low ebb when he took over in 2020, got them to an All-Ireland final that year. 
I'm a firm believer, and I remember we talked about this last year towards the end of the season, that there are some very good hurlers in Tipperary. Yeah. And there's now a management team who've come in that know them intimately yeah. that I think can get them into a really good order coming around to the Munster Championship. And there's one significant difference between the Waterford group and this Tipperary group that there are still players in the Tipperary group who understand exactly what it takes to win in All-Ireland. Um, mm. I think I would have Tipperary ahead of... Uh, so you've got Waterford... Let's do your final graphic here. Waterford 6, Cork 5, Clare 4... Galway 3, Kilkenny 2 and Limerick 1. A few things stand out for me here. Um, you're talking about credit in the bank from last year. Where, what's Cork? What, what are they? Why, Cork and Waterford ahead of tip. Yeah, look, Cork have been very impressive in their first two games in the league though. Like they went to Salt Hill the last day, uh, scored was it four goals and 24 points and ripped Galway to shreds at times with their running game. And the second half performance that Cork put in against Limerick was really impressive at Porky Cueve where I think the vast majority of watchers on TV that night or the 20,000 or so that were in the park would have thought Cork eight points down against the Limerick team. This is probably going to be a fairly facile victory for Limerick in the second half. And then Cork went very directly at them. They pushed up a lot higher in the pitch and they showed that they've got plenty of goals in this team and even the last day when you consider that they didn't have Robbie O'Flynn who was injured after scoring against Limerick uh, the week before they didn't have Patrick Horgan that Cork team still carried a massive threat they're getting to a point now where Joyce is settling in very well at centre half back which was a little bit of a problem position and then there's enough movement and work rate within the forwards that we've seen in the first two games to indicate that Cork are going in the right direction but I am always very aware that we're talking about teams who are mixing and matching their players at the moment it's incredibly early in the season and we remember Cork had the wettest of sales this time last year when they beat Kilkenny at home went to a league final then didn't perform really in the league final and didn't uh, you know didn't really set the summer alight um, just about got enough performances to get out of Munster but we didn't really feel that Cork were threatening for an All-Ireland last year No uh, I, I would have tips slightly ahead of them to be honest but um, at Waterford I wouldn't have there just yet I don't think um, Claire, okay. I, I don't know what the story is with Claire, given that we're only seeing them reintegrate their best players into the team. Um, and then go in Kilkenny. Why are Kilkenny second? Oh, look, Kilkenny were a team who pushed Limerick to a puck of a ball in an All Ireland final last year, and Kilkenny. We have to kind of reserve judgment a little bit until we see the real Kilkenny. Like, this is a common theme across all the teams towards the top in that TJ Reid is unlikely to play a whole lot of hurling for the rest of the league. Uh, we're not sure at this stage how bad the hamstring injury is for Oshin Mullen, so it could be a few weeks before he's integrated back into the team. So it'll be a while before we see Kilkenny's first 15. But when Kilkenny had questions asked about them last year, Leinster final against Galway, they beat Galway quite comprehensively. They beat a Clare team who were coming off the back of all the form that they had in the Munster Championship in an All-Ireland semi-final. And they died in their shield in the All-Ireland final against Limerick. That's why I think I'm keeping Kilkenny just ahead of Galway at the moment. It was a last dance. Last year was a last dance, though. Uh, This year is not a last dance. Or maybe this year is an evolution of both style and players and they've got Derek Ling coming in It's a fresh voice and Kilkenny will just work their way into the season. So, again, I wouldn't have huge concerns about the Tipperary game. I would be a little bit worried about the fact they conceded uh, 2-13 in the first half of that game. But they showed a bit of a fight back in the second half and Kilkenny should beat Leash this weekend. They should qualify, I think, as one of the uh, top two in Division 1B come the end of it and get to a semi-final. But Kilkenny's aspirations, I think, are a bit later in the year again. As you mentioned, for Clare it's so hard to make an assessment of Clare right now when you have 
Conlon and Kelly in the stands the last day against Limerick watching the game when you don't have Shane O'Donnell playing uh, Clare missing so many of their key players particularly in attack at the moment uh, that's very hard to make a judgement but they'd be really disappointed they went half an hour without a score away from home against Limerick and really the final scoreline in that game at the Gaelic grounds was glossed over a little bit by the way that Clare finished the game um, they really went long stages struggling for scores in that match do we get new manager bounces often in, in, in Hurling Will? Like, I mean, look, it's, a, it's a sport with so many more than four skills, so it's quite tough for <laughs> managers to have their say. Like, can it be quite difficult for teams to, to bet in in the first year, looking at the likes of Waterford and Kilkenny? No, look, again, I think um, sometimes you'll find, and we talked already about Liam Cowell's impact when he came in in Waterford, that sometimes a new voice can be enough to re-energise a good group of players. And like, I stand over the fact that Waterford last year looked like they had such a deep panel and they had everything in place to actually go and challenge Limerick. Waterford, I don't know what went wrong with them last year. I hope that Waterford have worked out within their own camp uh, what went wrong, particularly after the Limerick defeat in the Munster Championship, where they went out so tamely in Munster after that, having been the league champions. I still think this is a very, very talented group of water players. I think David Fitzgerald has got a proven track record of coming in, not just as a new manager bounce, but coming in and organising a group of players. He has been, I think, quite clever in the first two games against Dublin and Leash, where he's been bringing Ozzy Gleeson off the bench. He didn't overplay Desi Hutchinson uh, when he had third-level commitments. You saw Mikey Kiley, what he did for UL in the Fitzgibbon Cup at the weekend. And then slowly but surely, as these players start to come back to fitness and some of the new players get integrated in, we'll probably get to see a bit more of the real Waterford over the next uh, few weeks. And uh, that Waterford team have got everything primed to actually be quite good this summer. The problem is, for all the teams that we're talking about right now, and you could probably throw a blanket from two right back to seven currently, (laughs) is that Limerick, if this was not a power rankings ladder, and we were actually doing this with a gap, Limerick are considerably ahead. Like we talked about Clare and the players that weren't there. There were so many pictures that were taken in the stands in the Gaelic grounds where you're looking at players of the year, former All-Stars who were sitting in the stand uh, watching Limerick with a reasonably new group of players across the team just implement exactly the same style of hurling, which is scary for all the chasing pack, to be honest. And still no official word on uh, Aaron Glan and what involvement or otherwise he's going to have with the Limerick hurlers this year. So we shall wait and see. Well, good stuff. That was this week's, this year's first episode of the Hurling Power Rankings. Cheers. Take it easy. I absolutely adore them lads. I have unbelievable time for them, but they're, they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable.